Hey everyone, before we get started, I wanted to mention that this episode briefly discusses losing a family member to Alzheimer's. If you want to skip that section, it occurs just after our interview with Nirvana, and you can rejoin us after the ad break for the second half of the episode. Okay, thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Professional Speech and Debate Association. Join the newest and most exciting league in forensics. Anyone can enter at any age and earn large cash prizes. Learn more at ProSDA.com. You teach them how to advocate, how to navigate space in and outside of speech. Hi, my name is Talon Stradley, and this is Soapboxers, a fly on the wall podcast about speech and debate. I used to compete on the Orange Coast College team, and now I'm back after two years to document the speech and debate experience and bring it to you. Today, we're talking about coaching, what it means, how to do it, and the impact it has on competitors' lives. This is Soapboxers. This whole time, we've been running around and learning about speech and debate from the ground up, taking a look at most of the events and seeing what it's like to be at a tournament. But there is a whole side to this that we've barely touched, and that's the coaches. Forensics coaches play a vital role in helping competitors find success in tournaments while also providing a space to grow, learn skills, and have a platform. To help guide us through the world of coaching, I reached out to one of my old teammates, Kayla Mercure. Hi, uh, my name is Kayla Mercure. My pronouns are she and they, and I was a part of the OCC team. That was where I got my start in forensics. So I was on the OCC team in 2017 to 2018 and 2018 to 2019. Kayla was one of the returning competitors when I was on the team. A lot of the more unspoken stuff I learned from Kayla, like how to conduct yourself at a tournament or what to expect at nationals. She competed in just about every form of individual events. The only category Kayla missed was limited prep. I wish I had done limited prep. I wish I had forced myself through that because I cannot think on my feet at all. Luckily, Kayla did just fine without limited prep. She went to the state and national tournaments twice, and each time she was one of the recipients of the Bovero Taber Award, acknowledging the best speakers in the nation. Not only was she an amazing competitor, but during this time, she was also learning to be a coach. My friend, the delightful Sal Tinajero Jr., came up to me one day and he said, I think I might have a job for you. Come work for my dad in the Santa Ana K through 12 school district, be a part of our coaching staff. I I couldn't believe it. I was one of the youngest coaches in the district. I was barely 18, but I was so fortunate to get to be a student of coaching and then a coach of students simultaneously because each role makes you better at the other. This is something the OCC coaches push whenever they can. If you have the opportunity to coach, judge, or help run a tournament, you will become a better competitor. One of the main things I wanted to identify this episode is, what is the role of a coach? I asked a few different people. Coaching is the equivalent to directing. The role of the coach is a cheerleader, an educator, a motivator, And those are the things that encompass what a coach is supposed to do for their student. They're supposed to give them confidence when 
they, when the student themselves couldn't possibly believe in themselves, you're supposed to show them that they are capable of doing things that they didn't think possible. And I told them over and over and over, no, 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 you're wrong. You can absolutely do this. You can actually, you can absolutely win at after dinner speaking, or you can absolutely win this interpretation event. You can absolutely be a national champion. And so in that way, I guess you're kind of a cheerleader. Doesn't matter how much the team is down, the cheerleaders are still cheering on the side of the game. And you are on the side of the game. You're not in the game. You help breathe life into a piece that you don't even perform. You can't do things for them, but you can encourage them. You can still try and push them as a cheerleader. Coaches aren't just cheerleaders. They're also teachers. They need to tell the student how to do things. Like they, we need to teach our students how to do all of the things that they need to do in order to be competitive. You give public speaking advice based on maybe things as simple as tone of voice or expression, but you also forge emotional connections between you and the student and the student and their subject matter. The most important role that a coach has is they're the motivator. Each student has different motivations. Each student has different reasons for joining the speech and debate team, different reasons for continuing on the speech and debate team. Like Each one has very different ideas of why they're there. Figuring out what those motivations are and using those things to truly get your students um, excited. You teach them how to advocate, how to stand up for themselves, how to navigate space in and outside of speech. That last point, guiding students both in and outside of competition, is probably one of the more important roles of a coach. Speech and debate thrives when people bring their honest selves to the tables and talk about something they're passionate about. Maybe this is a topic they have been passionate about for a long time. Maybe they discovered it while on the team. But there's a certain amount of vulnerability that occurs when you stand up and say, I am passionate about this. The coaches see that. The coaches help you find that and cultivate it. While sometimes this development starts and stops at competition, other times it branches out to more general life skills. At that first in-person tournament, the one we visited last episode, we saw a couple of moments like this where conversations about the tournament turned into careers, majors, and futures. Go find one that you're, that's actually interesting to you. Go find one that's interesting to you. Do you really want to be a lawyer or do you want to appease your Middle Eastern parents? Because if I asked myself that question when I was 19, do I really want to be a lawyer or do I just want my parents off my back? The answer probably would have been I want my parents off my back. Probably. If I was really honest with myself. Remember Gino and Flowers for Brown Boys? That was made possible due to the support and guidance of speech and debate coaches. Kayla is pursuing her master's in large part due to her experience with coaches. She wants to run a team just like them one day. Yes, I would love to be a director of forensics. I know I'm, I'm aiming high for a 22-year-old, uh, specifically at Orange Coast College. That, that's the dream job. Like Shaheen, like the incredible Sharana Polk when you and I were on the team, like my uncle years ago. So for now, once I get my master's degree, I'm going to be applying to teach at any college with a speech team so that I can get more college-level coaching under my belt. But all I know is I am in it. I am here to stay. Forensics changed everything for me, and I'm ready to go change everything for someone else. And Kayla has changed everything for someone else, even as a younger coach. 
One of her former students, Nirvana, is now competing on the OCC speech and debate team. Okay, so I love Kayla so much. I, um, I was having a mental breakdown over my OO. I was like losing it. And she was like, it's okay. Don't worry. You're great. It was also before COVID and I was like absolutely stressed. And she was like, it's okay. Like I've been there and like she helped calm me down. And like I have an inferiority complex a very, very bad inferiority complex. And she was like, no, like you can go to nationals probably. Like this is a really good script. Like it's insane. Cause I didn't have much coaching until junior year. So she was like, so supportive. I, without her, I don't think I would be as confident in myself. This influence goes both ways. Sometimes it's the student who can help a coach through a hard time. So. For example, I coached a student's drama piece about Alzheimer's while my very own, very young mother was dying of that disease. And I couldn't help but start crying a bit. And when she got to the end of her performance, she was so sweet. She wanted to talk about it. And it turned out that her grandfather had just died from Alzheimer's quite recently. And so I have so many experiences like that as a coach and that outweighs everything else. Coaching is about growth, connection, and self-reflection, all while discussing some of the most difficult topics of our time. You've heard about the impact that can have on both students and coaches, but how do you get to that point? After the break, we'll see how coaching works at OCC, and I'll even try it myself. First things first, what are you interested in working on? That's coming up next on Soapboxers. Hired Judge makes the lives of coaches and tournament directors easier by providing high-quality, reliable judges at the click of a button. With over 1,200 judges nationwide, Hired Judge is always there to help you in a pinch. Judges are constantly evaluated for expertise, professionalism, and reliability to help make sure your tournament is successful. Hire judges or register to receive judging offers at HiredJudge.com. Use promo code SOAPBOXERS at checkout to save $15 off your first judge order. The PSDA has flipped traditional forensics on its head. With the only unaffiliated judge pool, the PSDA competitors receive a higher quality level of feedback and never have to worry about so-called judge politics. Just eight hours on the first Saturday of every month, PSDA tournaments are the most efficient, fun, and fair competition experience in forensics. Professional competitors can win up to $800 a tournament. Learn more at ProSDA.com and use promo code GOINGPRO at registration to save $50 on your first tournament. Are you enjoying Soapboxers? Want to help out the show? Consider donating. Whether you want to leave a one-time donation through our tip jar or a monthly contribution through Patreon, we have options for you. Our monthly backers get access to ad-free episodes, buttons, and shoutouts on the show. Visit soapboxerspod.com support to learn more. That's soapboxerspod.com support. And hey, thank you. Welcome back. 
During the first half of the episode, we learned what it means to be a coach and the impact it can have on students. Now, it's time to see what coaching looks like. How do you go about having that impact? Back to help us through it is Kayla McCure. Coaching frequently looks like a one-on-one meeting with a student, uh, whether in person or over Zoom. There are many different approaches to coaching, depending on where the student is at in the process. A great coach will walk into two coaching sessions with very different styles based on the student that's in front of them. At the beginning of the semester, students are brand new, and you have to help guide them through those first few steps. What event do you want to run? What topic are you covering? What experience do you have in public speaking or performing? Where do you start? This is the kind of meeting we're about to see with Victoria, a new student to the team, and Hannah, one of the coaches. I was looking into the different types of uh, speeches or debates, mm-hmm. and I thought that this, uh, the informative speaking, okay. uh, I really liked that one. Cool, that's awesome. Have you taken a public speaking class before? I've never taken it, and oh. also I'm an uh, international student, yeah. I'm Italian, uh, so it's just to get better also, uh, but I, I, do, I did take uh, English 100 and 101, cool. and I saw that I really liked even like working on something mm-hmm. and then informing others about it. So Hannah goes through this talk just trying to gauge where Vittoria is at and get her started. If Vittoria wants to do an informative speech, then she's going to need a topic. While the coaching sessions themselves are important, they're a little more like guardrails, helping to make sure people are on the right track. At OCC, the coaching sessions are typically only 15 to 20 minutes, and while you can sign up for as many as you want, there still needs to be a lot of work done in between sessions. Vittoria's homework is to find a topic and articles, which she brings to their meeting a week later. As the year moves on, the focus turns from constructing pieces to developing them. Here, the students meet with the coach. Where they perform bits and pieces at a time when you interrupt them and try new things. That's called stop and go coaching. Kind of like how you may rehearse a play focusing on one scene at a time. When people know their scripts a little bit better, you can move on to full run-throughs. Sometimes I like to do full performance coaching for students who are further along in the process. By performing the whole piece and then giving feedback, you're able to identify and improve any larger general aspects of the speech. Here, Sean gives Noella feedback on her newly written persuasion piece. Yeah, I have one major note, and this is mostly just as a, a thing to be thinking about as you're moving forward into the memorization phase, which is the the like knee-jerk reaction tone for persuasion tends to be angry, and there's a reason for that, right? Because it feels like this is an injustice, and it needs to stop. Yeah. Um, the problem is when the tone is angry. I feel lectured and I feel like I'm the problem and so I tune out as opposed to like listen, right? If I'm being criticized, I'm going to get defensive as an right. audience person as opposed to as an audience person. Is that the way <laughs> as an audience person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the audience. Yeah, and so I, I don't, you don't want your audience to get defensive and so I think the tone needs to be pleading not anger. More empathy. Which is yeah. a subtle difference, but I think it's an important one. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, come, come with me, help me, please, I need you to help me, I need you to understand this. We should be angry together. Yeah, exactly, Call a passion. lot more we mentality as okay. opposed to, um, ah, this is, uh, disgrace! 
you know, injustice, and you need to fix it, right? Like, that's, we're going to shut down yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's a subtle tone, tonal difference, but it's, a, it's an important Right. Okay. One of the last common methods is group coaching. Group coaching, where you give pointers to one student who's performing in front of everyone. This has a lot of benefits. The student practicing gets to feel what it's like to have an actual audience. Other students get to see a new piece and learn from the feedback given. Other students can also offer their own feedback, giving perspectives you might have never seen before. This method is also very efficient. At the workshop before the first tournament, Shaheen used group coaching to teach everyone at once about first impressions and walking up to perform. And as, as I was saying it, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to say this like 25 times. It'd be great if I could just address everybody at once just to kind of talk about um, how to be in the top three versus the bottom three before you begin speaking. So one of the things that at least I think great performers do, is they're in control of their audience from the moment their name is called, right? If I'm sitting there as a competitor and Christian calls my name. Shaw, are you one of three? Yeah, you'll clap, go ahead. You'll notice I took my sweet ass time, mm. right? I was not rushed, I was not hurried, I was not like, I wasn't doing anything other than, hey, I'm gonna perform only when I am ready to perform, and not a second earlier. Oh, are you writing something? That's cool, I'm awake. Oh, are you just walking in? That's totally fine, come on in, sit down. We can wait for you. I'm in no rush to perform. Why? Who's in a rush to perform? Nervous. nervous. People who are nervous? Who else? People who are unprepared. Yeah, right? Why? Why are you in a rush to perform if you're unprepared? Because you want to get it done. You want to get it done. After talking to the whole group, Shaheen has each student practice walking up and starting their speech. They all learned the same thing. They got to see each other learn it, and they had fun while doing it. <laughs> Sometimes, coaches may use a bit of a combination of approaches. Do you remember last episode how Shaheen pulled Nina aside during the interview to practice her prose? Well, after she performed it, they decided to revise her intro, the part where you drop character and explain why you chose that piece. We need to clean up the language in the intro. Can you do the intro real quick? Nina's piece is about a woman who had many of her reproductive organs removed as a precaution against a fatal genetic disease. The piece talks a lot about the character's own relationship with gender and womanhood. Initially, the intro spoke about how one's femininity is tied to their reproductive organs and the ability to birth a child. But that's not really the case. Being a woman is not defined by your reproductive organs. At its core, this piece is about the dichotomy of a person's body and a person's gender identity. It's a nuanced topic, especially when the piece itself is about a cis woman questioning her womanhood after having some of these organs removed. This is where multiple perspectives can help. In a circumstance like this, it can be crucial to have someone who has a different relationship with gender than anyone else in the room. And you know what? Grab Red. Hi, Fred. Uh, We're going to have you help us with an intro. Are you okay? That's... Yeah. Okay, cool. Should yeah. Okay. After performing the intro, they all work together to fix it. So what if that first sentence you bring the societal expectations in there, so you're not saying that women are being defined by their reproductive organs. Society. society has regularly tried to define women by their reproductive organs. Okay, it. so that will be the second. So like, femininity is defined as having the qualities considered to be typical of a woman. Society regularly places femininity and women's qualities Together. as equals, or as, as 
Uh, society has regularly deemed women's stereotypical qualities inherently feminine. Society. That's too many words. Yeah, let's clean it up. That's okay. Um, what is it? Here, I have it on here too. Here, we saw all three coaching methods kind of rolled up into one. First, Nina performed her full piece and received feedback. Then, Shaheen took a stop-and-go approach to the intro. Finally, they brought in River for a bit of a group coaching session to benefit from the variety of perspectives that provides. A while back, at the start of the season, Shaheen suggested that I try coaching for an episode. The OCC team will periodically have old team members or coaches come back to do guest coaching slots, and he suggested that I post a few. And I did. But before leaping into that, I wanted to get some advice from some of the coaches and people we've heard from in this episode. I asked them, what advice do you have for my first coaching session? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I would say let the students do majority of the talking. I think sometimes when people first start coaching, they feel like they need to talk a lot and they need to establish you know, credibility or take control of the appointment. And I think it's nice to see what is the student coming to you for? right? Checking in. What what are you trying to get out of this? Are you trying to get better with delivery? Do you need help with writing? You know, what is it? And let them come to you so then you can guide them appropriately for their needs. I would say, listen, man, uh, go into your appointment with the student and try to make the student better. And that's it. Like, keep it simple. You don't have to fix everything. You just have to fix what you can in a half hour. So just try and make the student a little bit better. Simple instructions. And, and what I mean by that is like, pick the thing that you did well when you were competing and make sure that they're good at that thing. Be yourself, Talon. As your listeners know from your other episodes, and I am saying this with Shaheen in mind, students respond well to coaches who are unapologetically themselves. And I've worked with coaches who are really performative all the time. And that can alienate students because they feel pressured to match that. All right. I got my advice. It's time to try it out. I posted a couple coaching slots before the team meeting one week and someone signed up. It was a student named Natalie who had a prose piece they were performing at a tournament that same weekend. I started out with Hannah's advice to see what the student was hoping to get from this coaching session. First things first, what are you interested in working on? Um, so I was just informed by Alicia, Alicia, Alisa, she wants to pick a new piece for me. Okay. So, but this weekend I'm obviously just going to stick with the one I've been doing. Sure. I just want to improve, I want to add some cool like body, I, like this turn, this last tournament I saw a really good like purposeful movement. Okay. Like some girl was like pretending to take out like tissue paper from the book, acting like it's a present. Like there's, there was so many different things that I want to try to like add some before the tournament. So yeah, just improving it. Okay. And you said, so you are taking this one this, this upcoming weekend. Yes. Um, after that, you're going to change the piece though, right? Yes. Okay. So then I'm also going to look for, for those moments, but focusing more on, I guess, like the theory or intent behind it so that it can, you can develop those skills and then bring it with you to the next piece and, and look for those moments. Yeah. This was an approach I was pretty comfortable with. Shaheen mentioned to pick something that I feel I did well, and back when I was on the team, I was also heavily involved in the theater program at OCC, specifically as a student director. I had spent lots of time learning how to get performers to identify key moments and put themselves in a space. 
I felt that this would be something that would help this performance, but also give her something to look for in her next piece as well. She performed it, and then we moved on to the feedback. This is, you know, again, getting a little bit grander, but answer as many questions as you can about the character that you are portraying, right? I wouldn't necessarily do it for this one, because, again, you got, like, five days. Um, But after that, with your next piece, I mean, write down, like, okay, you know, how do they walk? How old are they? What's their hair color? What's their eye color? Um, You know, where did they go to school at? Where did they grow up? How many friends do did they have, you know, in their childhood? How many friends do they have now? Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, just like any little bit of detail that you can think, think about it and make those choices. And you're going to feel that kind of infusing itself into the speech. And then that's going to make it a lot easier to make those moments and those decisions and those movements and those characterizations, right? Like the candy bar. Okay. What candy bar, what candy bar was placed on her desk? A go dive bar. Okay, does she like those? Mm, yeah. Sure. So she likes them, but is it, are those her favorite? Yeah, but maybe she thought it was a little overdone. Like, you could okay. have just gotten me a Hershey bar. Okay. Maybe so, they did the expensive one. Yeah. So there you go. So that right there, right? <laughs> just by being specific, by looking at the thing, now we have a more... Like a real feeling behind exactly. that. And that's what you put into it. I just uh-huh. felt that too. Like yeah. that was just my interpretation. I'm going to literally infuse that with the line. I yeah. All in all, I was pleasantly surprised by the coaching session. Was it a perfect session? Am I an expert coach? No. Did I talk a bit too much? Probably. But did I listen to where Natalie was at and what she wanted to improve? Did I focus on aspects that I did well as a performer? Was I unabashedly myself? Yeah, I think so. And look, I'm not saying there's a correlation here or that I'm responsible for this, but that tournament that happened the weekend after the coaching session? Natalie got second place, so... Maybe I am a master coach after all. Next week, we are taking another break for Thanksgiving. I will be up in Idaho visiting my grandparents in their new house and seeing all of my cousins. We'll be back on November 30th to really dive into the big elephant in the room. COVID-19. How did forensics handle it? What precautions are we taking now? And how exactly does an online tournament work? That'll be next time on Soapboxers. Soapboxers is produced by myself, Talon Stradley, and mixed by Chris Moore. Our executive producer is Shaheen Davari. Our theme music was created by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our podcast art was designed by the delightful Rhiannon White. Other music in the episode was provided by musicfine.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Hired Judge, and the Professional Speech and Debate Association. And extra special thanks to Clark Moore, John Farkas, Fuzzy, Ben Steidel, Aaron McGuire, Ali Beheshti, John Llewellyn, and of course, my mom, for their support on Kickstarter. If you want to join these saints in the fiscal support of the show, you can visit us at soapboxerspod.com support, where we have recurring and one-time donation options. Check it out to get ad-free episodes, buttons, and shoutouts. If you want to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Instagram at SoapboxerPod. We're also on Twitter and TikTok. This show would not be possible without the speech and debate coaches and team at Orange Coast College. Thanks for letting me tag along. Soapboxers is a production of Newton's Dark Room, a podcast studio set to explore imagination through antiquated audio dramas and nonfiction expeditions. For more information, visit newtonsdarkroom.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. So I'm sitting there, we're watching, we see some delegate come on and say like, 
we support the United States, this is an unconscionable attack, we're sending aid or whatever from Iran. And I was like, woo woo, Persian pride? From the back of the class, because I'm a fucking clown. And this blonde girl whips her head around and is like, what does Peru have anything to do with this conversation? Oh <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah. Peru has nothing to do with the conversation. And to, to Mr. Hoover's credit, he started clapping. Oh, he yeah. claps oh and God. he goes, ladies and gentlemen, the dumbest comment of the semester. 